Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashach. And Mashach grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, Moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, and apply them to the four Hebrew letters, Yod, He, Wa, He, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas and rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia. Tanzania, let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. 
that the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might read from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors. That his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice and magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. My name is Abedia Ua Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh. I'm speaking to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, our elder brother, our king, and our high priest. Hallelujah. On today's show, we're going to be concluding our Stranger and Sojourner series. Um, Strange Fruit series is what we have called it. And we are going to discuss Romans chapter 11. So that's what we're going to be discussing on today, Romans chapter 11. So uh, if you have your notes from previous teachings, uh, you may want to put those out and um, add on to those um, those notes, um, Romans chapter 11. Uh, for those of you who would like the transcripts to today's show, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will get those notes available out to you. So talkteachtestify at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, at the beginning, we heard from our dear brother, um, Aki Bennett, um, as he was speaking up, proclaiming the name of Yahweh unto the nations. That gave us a hint, a hint right there as far as what we are supposed to do when we are uh, proclaiming the name of Yahweh in his Besorah. Uh, Besorah is Hebrew for the good news. People like to call it the gospel. But the good news is that the nation of Yahshariel is going to be restored. It was restored through one man, through Yahushua HaMashiach, and all nations, those who believe in Yahweh, those who um, obtain and shall keep righteousness through his Torah, those individuals will be able to come into uh, the nation of Yahshua. Now, the thing about, and, and I want to make this crystal clear before we go into the show, is that you cannot obtain righteousness through Torah. I, I want to make that crystal clear because a lot of people think that is the case. Uh, they feel that you can have salvation through Torah. The truth of the matter is, you now that you have salvation, now you have Torah to keep you in salvation. Okay, I hope that uh, that sounds kind of clear. You cannot obtain salvation through Torah. Of course, you 
obtain salvation through your belief, right? Or people say through your faith, through the immunia unto Yahweh, through your absolute belief. But you maintain your salvation through Torah, okay? So I just want to make that clear. When we read Torah, when we read the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh, he teaches us more about the culture and the heritage of righteousness. Hallelujah. So this is very, very imperative for us to know. Um, today is Friday, March the 27th of 2020, according to the man-made Gregorian calendar of the Jesuits. It is the seventh yom or the seventh day of the first Kodush. Uh, we are in the month of what we call Abib. Um, it is the springing forth, hallelujah. And I've had many questions about the timetable of Yahweh. Um, when should we keep the Peshach? When should we keep the Chag Hot Bazaar, the Feast of Unleavened Bread? When is the Yom Hapakarim, right, the uh, Days of First Fruits? And so, therefore, your brother would do a, do, a two-day teaching pertaining to how the Greeks tried to corrupt the timetable of Yahweh that will be taught on tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we're going to teach the correct way, okay? So on tomorrow's instruction, we'll be going over uh, this particular thing, do this in remembrance of the Greeks. Uh, the Greeks have put out their Julian calendar and then later on the Gregorian calendar to alter against Yahweh's timetable so that we won't be able to observe Yahweh's Mordin, his Shabbat, his Jubilee of Years, uh, even the days of the week. Uh, the Gentiles' agenda uh, was to confuse the nation of Yahshariah and to do it their way. So we're going to be discussing that tomorrow and on Sunday, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, uh, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. Those of you who are on the West Coast, it will start at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay? Um, today's Talk, Teach, and Testify uh, radio instruction, it is brought to you by the Jones uh, Mishpaka out in Nevada, also by the Bullock Foundation, Family Foundation out in Arizona, shalom, shalom unto you as well. Also, SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth, and by, hallelujah, or by the Palmer Family Foundation out in California and the Constantine Mishpaka out in Michigan. All right, uh, just a couple of more announcements to bring out to you. Even though people are still trying to uh, as you are looking around in, in some parts of the country, you're under quarantine lockdown um, due to, quote, unquote, um, the man-made virus called the uh, coronavirus. Uh, we are still carrying on through Talk, Teach, Testify Radio as well as through the Kingdom Harvest. We are still going to be doing teachings and instruction pertaining to the Peshach and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For those of you who would like to see the live video from the Kingdom Harvest in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, please email me at talkteachtestify@gmail.com. There have been a new uh, a number of people who have already wanted to watch uh, the particular teachings um, through the particular webinar that we're going to use. Uh, I had just heard news on yesterday that Zoom had dropped a lot of points on Wall Street, and they are threatening to shut down their webinars. Uh, if that is the case, we will go on to yet another one. So that has been another uh, announcement that I wanted to give unto you. But somehow, some way, we are still going to get these teachings out to the family of Yahweh. So uh, please continue to keep uh, the ministry in Tefla in prayer. We're going to have the teachings pertaining to the timetable of Yahweh, all right? That's going to be on tomorrow and Sunday. And then next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 
For those of you who choose to look at the webinar, you will be able to watch the teachings, and I still will be on the air through Talk, Teach, and Touch Bar Radio pertaining to the Peshach and the Feast of Unleavened Bread teachings, okay? So I'll be doing that uh, on next weekend. That is April the 3rd through the 5th of 2020. Powerfully enough, it's going to be on the 14th through the 16th days of the first month, okay, according to Yahuwah's perfect timetable. Okay, I believe that is it for all of the announcements. Um, For those of you who keep asking, I have a question, um, how do I reach out to you? Uh, You may write me uh, at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. For those of you who would like to uh, reach out to me pertaining to the radio show, if you are reaching out to me pertaining to the Kingdom Harvest of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Kingdom Harvest congregation um, that we're going to be starting on April the 3rd. If you have questions pertaining to, um, you know, when can I, you know, or when are you having days um, of service, um, how can I attend, uh, you can email us at kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com. Okay. That is it for the announcements. I'm I'm so ready to get into this teaching. Uh, This will be a short breakdown pertaining to Romans chapter 11. Let's go there. But first and foremost, I'd like to read some things to you. Before we go to Romans, uh, Romeo chapter 11, Let's go to the powerful prophetic book of Sakaryahu, which is known as Zechariah. Okay? Sakaryahu, Zechariah. Let's look at chapter 12. These are the things that we was talking about on last week, and I'm just um, giving you a partial of what we had discussed then and what we are going to be talking about on today we're going to start from the beginning okay because i want people to know about the powerful revelation this prophetic word pertaining to the nations and who's going to do it and how yahuwah is going to use this one messenger to do it zechariah chapter 12 Verse 1 says, the burden of the Debar, the word of Yahweh, for Yashariel, says Yahweh, which, stretch, which stretches forth the Shamahim, the heavens, and lays the foundation of the earth, and formed the Ruach of man within him. Behold, I will make it, Yerushalem, a cup of trembling unto what? Unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against Yahuda and against Yerushalayim. And in that day will I make Yerushalayim a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves, with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together. Against it. In that day, says Yahweh, I will smite every horse with astonishment, and his rider with madness, and I will open it my eyes upon the house of Yahudah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness, and the governors of Yahudah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Yerushalayim shall be my strength. In Yahuwah of heavenly armies. Okay. Very powerful there, right? And it says, Yahuwah of heavenly armies, there Elohim. Okay. Which we will say in the Hebrew, uh, not Elohim, but Elohim. Um, okay. Alehim, 
verse 6. This is what it says. In that day, well, I will make the governors of Yahudah like a harp of fire among the wood and like the torch of fire in a sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about, on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. It makes you question, is Jerusalem where they at now, where the uh, Gentiles and the Palestinians, the, uh, is that really Jerusalem? Verse 7, Yahuwah also shall Yasha, shall save the tents of Yahuda first, that the esteem of the house of Daud and the esteem of the inhabitants of Yerushalayim do not magnify themselves against Yahuda. In that day shall Yahuwah defend the inhabitants of Yerushalayim, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as Daud. And the house of Daud shall be as Elohim, as the messenger of Yahweh before them. And it shall come to pass that I will seek to destroy it, all the Goyim, all the nations. There it is right there. All the nations that come against Yerushalayim. Let's keep reading. I'm going to read verse 10 and 11. And I will pour upon the house of Daud and upon the inhabitants of Yerushalayim the rock of mercy, and they shall look upon me at whom they have pierced. Did y'all get that? You might want to highlight that. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his beloved son. Now, you may see... Uh, something uh, to the point of uh, the bitterness for his homeborn. Or you may see as one born, as one mourner for his only. Uh, the Hebrew word there is yakid. Yakid means the only beloved or the beloved one, the special child of whom they had pierced. There's no way they're talking about David in this verse. There's no way they're talking about Jacob or Isaac, who was previously called the Yaqid. He was a special child according to the plan of Yahweh through Abraham. But Yahweh had yet another Yaqid, a special beloved child. We learned that through Miriam and Yahusa. I wanted to read this to you because it shows you Yet another proof of evidence of the coming of the Mashiach, of which many people have stated that he has not came yet. Here it is right here. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his special child or his only begotten child, his only begotten son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for, for his firstborn. Okay, if you read later on, it, it talks about uh, Megiddo, or people call it Armageddon, the battle between good and evil. Okay, very powerful there. Since we are in Sakaryahu, or Zechariah chapter 12. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 14. Let's read this. This has a couple of uh, very powerful verses here pertaining to all nations. Okay? It's going to talk about how the evil powers of all nations are going to try to come against Yerushalayim. Here it is. Behold, the day of Yahuwah comes, and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. For I will gather all nations, there's the Goyim, against Jerusalem to battle. That's, it's going to be talking about Armageddon or uh, Megiddo. And the city shall be taken, and the houses reveled, and the women ravished, and half of the city 
shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Remember, it happened before. Remember in 70 A.D. when General Titus came to invade Yerushalayim and the nation of Yahudah. And they ransacked it, and they turned it upside down, and they destroyed it. Uh, the uh, Yahudai historian, known as Josephus, recorded it in his books. Verse 3 says, Then shall Yahuwah go forth and fight against those Goyim, against those nations, as when he fought in the days of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of the Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And then it, told, it talks about how they're going to flee in the, uh, in the mountains. Okay? Remember they did that in 70 A.D. This is why we found... In the mountains of Koran, what, what, what did we find? We found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Look at verse 9. And Yahuwah shall be king over all the earth. In that day, there shall be what? Ahead, the one and only Yahuwah. In his name, Ahead, in his name will be the only name that people will say in that day. Let's go down to verse, okay, here's one. Let's go down to verse 16. This is why it's very imperative that we keep the appointed feast of Yahweh, because Yahweh will never, ever stop for us to keep the Moedim, the appointed feast. That's listed in Leviticus chapter 23. Let's read verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Yerushalayim, that came against Yerushalayim, shall even go up from year to year to worship what? The Melech, the king, Yahuwah of heavenly armies, and to keep the what? The Chag Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. The Hebrew word uh, to keep is the word cha'ag. Cha'ag means to celebrate or to observe a particular feast, okay? To march or to hold the feast. Verse 17, and it shall be that whoso would not come up of all the families, there's Mishpaka. Of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the Melech, the king, Yahuwah of heavenly armies, even upon them there should be no rain. And if the Mishpaka of Misraim go not up and come not, that have no rain, there should be the plague, wherewith Yahuwah would smite the heathen that would not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So you see that there. Okay, you see that Yahuwah will smite the heathen or the Goyim, the Gentiles, that will not come up to keep the, tab, the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be punishment of Misraim and the punishment of all the nations that come not up to keep the Chag Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. When we keep it here on earth, it is a wedding rehearsal so that we can practice how to celebrate and to observe and to keep and keep in thought Yahuwah's appointed feast. This is why it's imperative that his nation do it year after year. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Mediahu chapter 24. There's a couple of verses I like to read. And then we'll be talking more uh, from Romans chapter 11. Okay, Mediau, Matthew chapter 24. 
Let's go with verse, let's see, because I want to be able to go to a particular verse. Um, Once again, we are having the discussion of the gathering of the nations unto Yerushalayim and unto Yasharia simply because it is the prophetic end-time teaching that Yahuwah gives unto us. And that's what we are going through and we are discussing today. Um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, uh, let's read verse 3. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the Tamidim, the disciples, coming to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and when shall the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Why would the Tamidim, why would the disciples be speaking to Yahusha about the end of days if it wasn't mentioned in Torah? Verse 4, And Yahusha answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Mashiach, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We're seeing warfare, not just actual war with weapons, but chemical warfare. I hope some of you get that. So we're not to be troubled. We are to be warriors, not warriors. We are not supposed to worry as to what's going on, but we are to be warriors for the kingdom of Yashariel. Okay? So we're going to hear about wars and rumors of wars, but we're not supposed to panic. We're supposed to maintain our belief in Yahweh, that he will protect us and guide us. Verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences. Well, you think of pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations. There it is. You're going to be hated of all heathens, of all Gentiles, for my name's sake. And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So you're wondering why people today have so much hate toward one another. It's already been prophetically spoken. It is written. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. For those of you who claim that you save and sanctified, let's read verse 13. But he that endures until the end, the same shall be saved. So you must endure until the very end. Verse 14. And this good news of the kingdom shall be preached, listen, in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Not for all nations, but unto. And then shall the end come. Why you think we're starting to see uh, more and more powerful afflictions upon mankind and uh, upon humanity? Because the end it's about to come because of the good news that is being spread upon all the world, and we're supposed to be witnesses unto all nations. Yahuwah gave them further instructions after he resurrected in Mediahu chapter 28. Let's go. To verse 16 of Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven Tamidim, remember Judas hung himself, okay? The eleven Tamidim went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Yahusha had appointed them. And when he and when they saw him, they esteemed him. It didn't mean that they worshipped him, they reverenced him. They adored who the Mashiach was, but some doubted. 
And Yahusha came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in Shamahim and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Okay? It, it says teach what, you know, whatever nation. Immersing them in the name of Yahusha. Now, wait a minute. You probably raise your hand like, hey, wait a minute. I'm reading from the King James, and it says the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Number one, here's some questions to look at. Number one, why would or how would you know the name of the Ruach HaKodesh? What is the name of the Holy Ghost, quote, unquote? I'm just paraphrasing. Okay. Did Yahusha really say this? Why didn't the apostles do the same? Let's go to Acts chapter 2 for one moment. I just want to point out, uh, you know, a particular powerful thing here. Let's go to Acts 2 because the 11 Tamidim, the disciples who became emissaries, or people like to use the term apostles, these particular ambassadors to the kingdom of Yahweh follow the directions and the instructions of Yahusha to the T. Yahusha said, if you love me, you'll keep my teachings. And they kept them to the letter. Acts 2. Listen to what Kepha, who people know as Peter, said in verse 38. Let's see what he says. Let's see if he will immerse them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, quote-unquote. Acts 2, verse 38 says, Then Kepha said unto them, Repent and be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. Wait a minute. What happened to Kepha saying, In the name of Yahweh, the name of Yahusha, and in the name of the Ruach HaKodesh? He said, Just in the name of of Yahusha HaMashiach, the anointed one whose name is Yahusha. So, and he said for the what? For the forgiveness or the remission, the deliverance and the liberty of your sins that are past. Of course, uh, the emissary known as Shaul or the Apostle Paul said that, uh, you know, when he wrote that um, in his particular letter to the Corinthians. All right. So we read here that you are immersed in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach. Yahusha just means that Yahuwah is salvation, or here is the one that represents the salvation of Yahuwah. Okay? Crystal clear there. Right? Okay. I just wanted you to see that. You can always cross-reference that. Going back to Mariahu chapter 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, immersing them in the name of Yahusha, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I had commanded you. So if Yahusha commanded them to do it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, why wasn't it done in Acts chapter 2? Well, the Roman Catholic Church added this in. And they've done that in many other places so that you may believe in the Trinitarian doctrine. Teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And it is so. Okay? Let's go to Acts 17. We're putting all this together because we're going to go through for the next 15 minutes, Romans chapter 11. We're going to break that down, and then we're going to be done with this instruction. Acts 17. Let's read the teaching of Shaul, starting with verse number 22. 
Then Shaul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and behold your devotions, I fought a slaughtering place with this inscription, To the unknown Theos. That means to the unknown deity or to the unknown Elohim. Wherefore, or whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, I declare him unto you. Okay? So there are people who are ignorantly worshiping the wrong supreme Elohim. Verse 24. Elohim that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the master in Shamahim and earth, dwelled not in temples made with man's hands, neither is worship with man's hands, as though he need anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed, and their bounds of their habitation. They, sh- they should seek the master. Happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we leave, and for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Very powerful there. Hallelujah. Okay. Now let's go to Romans. Okay. That's the next book. Let's look at Romans 4. Just breaking things down. Okay. Let's look at Romans 4. Let's look at verses 17 and 18. Then we're going to go from there to Romans 16 and then Romans 11. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. Before him whom he believed, even Elohim who quickened the dead and caused those things which be as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations, According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. Keep that in mind. Romans 16. Romans 16. Let's pull out a couple of verses here. Let's look at verses 25. And 26. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my good news and the preaching of Yahusha HaMashiach, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting Elohim, made known, watch this, to all nations for the obedience of immunia, of absolute belief. So once you come into, you're being obedient unto Yahweh according to your absolute belief. And because of that, you will be able to seek his instructions and his teachings, which is Torah, okay? And this was now made known to all nations. Now, particular individuals, not the ones, not just the ones who are scattered, but those who want to come into the nation of Yahshua, those who want to be obedient to the everlasting Elohim. Once the particular mystery is being revealed unto them, now they want to come into the nation of Yahshua. Okay? And it's due to the obedience of their absolute belief, or we call it amunia in the Hebrew. Okay? Now, 
let me see. We did uh, Galatians 3. Let's look at Romans 11 now. We started it on yesterday. Now let's go to Romans 11. Read it in its entirety and break it down. Hallelujah. All right, let's start from the top. It says this, I say then, has Elohim cast away his people? Elohim forbid. For I also am from Yashariel, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Elohim has not cast away his people, which he foreknew, because he kept prophesying through his prophets pertaining to his people. Will you not what the scripture said of Eliyahu or Elijah, how he made intercession to Elohim against Yashariel, saying, Master, they have killed your prophets and dig down your slaughtering places, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what says the answer of Elohim unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so, then, at this present time, there is also a remnant according to the election of mercy. For it, And if by mercy, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, mercy is no more mercy. But it be of works, then it is no more mercy. Otherwise, Work is no more work. Okay, let's break this down. In other words, and and, and I love this particular breakdown, uh, as Tushu'ul was saying, if you just had mercy or grace, as they would say it, then there would be no more need of work. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. So, or mercy is no more mercy. Let's look at the story of uh, of Noah, for instance, of Noah. Noah found mercy, grace, however they want to say it, in the eyes of Elohim, correct? You read that right there in, in Barashit. And then because of his obedience, Noah built the container, right? He put the works in. He put the work in. And then when the judgment came, he was able to go into the container whom he had built himself under the, the uh, you know, the absolute belief that he had in Yahweh. Nobody believed in rain or the flood at that time, Okay. So because of Noah's obedience, his mercy was upon his life because he obeyed Yahweh. He was able to save not just himself, but also his mishpaka, his family. Very powerful. Okay? So you cannot just do the work of Torah also if there's no mercy. Okay? This is what's being said. Verse 7. What then? Yashariah has not obtained that which he seeks for, but the election have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, Elohim has given them the ruach of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And Daoud said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back all way. Okay, so there are many people who are in the nation of Yahshua who came from the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Yacoub. They have eyes, but they cannot see ears, but they cannot hear what the Ruach is saying pertaining to the salvation of the people. Okay, you have people who are just in the DNA. Listen, I'm I'm from 
I'm from Judah. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I got the melanin, et cetera, et cetera. They're still in ignorance because they do not understand the spiritual intent of the nation. Let's go. Let's continue to read. Verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Elohim forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the nations, the heathens, the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now this has been said during the times of Masha. Of Moses. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the nations, the Gentiles, the heathens, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the emissary of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. His office is magnified because he is teaching people of all nations. Verse 14. If by any means I might provoke the immolation, them which are my flesh. This is to excite or to provoke them and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? And if the first fruit be set apart, the lump is also set apart. And if the root be set apart, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off in you, being a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and with them partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root you. What will you say then? The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. We talked about the word Zion. Zion uh, Zion means what? It means the grafting in. It is a uh, agricultural terminology in the Hebrew. Some of the branches have fell off so the Gentiles can be grafted in. This is what Paul is stating. Was it done by belief? No, it is through their belief. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 20. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And if you stand and you stand by absolute belief, be not high-minded, but fear. For if Elohim spares not the natural branches, Take heed, lest he will not spare you. Now, now, Shaul, or Paul, is talking to the Gentiles, to the Romans, right? This is the letter to the Romans. He's saying that if Elohim won't spare the natural branches, if he didn't spare them, you need to take heed that he won't spare you neither. Okay. So you have particular Gentiles who became high-minded. They were cocky, arrogant, you know, because they had to rule a cockadish. But they was to also keep in mind that they are to remain humble and grateful unto Yahweh because Yahweh thought about them to be grafted into his nation, the nation which he had picked through Abraham. That the Torah, which was not originally for them, now will become theirs. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of Elohim on them which fail severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For Elohim is able to graft them in again. But if you were cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive branch, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? 
This is a powerful thing. Verse 25, for I will not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery unless you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Yashariel unto the fullness of the nations, the Gentiles, the heathens, shall be or shall come in. And so all of Yashariel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away um, unsanctification from Yaku. For this is my covenant unto them when I should take away their sins. As concerning the good news, there are enemies for your sake. But as touching the elect, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Mm. This is powerful. Verse 29 says, for the gifts and the calling of Elohim are without repentance. For as you in times past have not believed Elohim, yet you have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. The Gentiles were able to come in because of the uh, unbelief or not having the immunity that Yahuwah wanted them to have. And for that, the Gentiles were able to come in let's look at for one moment i'm quite sure you read the book of exodus and the rest of torah how the nation of yashariel even though they saw the works of yahweh how he saved them from the misrahim opening up the reed sea and allowing them to come into the wilderness and being able to feed them and their shoes not able, their sandals not able to be wore down, they still did not believe. All of these works that Yahuwah has done miraculously to save his nation, they were still in the wilderness for 40 years because they did not believe that they was going to obtain the land of Canaan. You can read that in the book of Numbers, or they call it by Midbar. So now the Gentiles are able to obtain mercy. They have the right to come in through the unbelief of the nation of Yashariah, through the bloodline of Abraham, Jacob, and uh, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 31 says, Even so have these also not believed, that through your mercy they shall obtain mercy also. For Elohim has concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. All of the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of Elohim, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of Yahweh? Or who have been his counselor? I'm hoping people get that right there. So, if you believe in Yahweh, you must also believe in his counselor. You have to believe in Yahusha also. The book of Proverbs says what? What is his name in his son's name, if you can tell? Verse 35, or whom has first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be extinct forever and it is so I hope that you enjoyed this teaching of talk teach and test of our radio uh, this is your brother I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh on tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, according to the Greeks or um, you know, the particular timetable that they made up so that it can come contrary to the timetable of Yahweh. So we're going to be talking about that on tomorrow's teaching, and we're going to be talking about the history as to how they corrupted the Father's timetable and his appointed feast and Shabbat by changing the calendar. Okay, so we're going to go over that on tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we're going to be going over the accurate days of when you are to, number one, uh, have Pashak, and number two, 
celebrate and observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So I'll go over that on Saturday and Sunday. That'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Tisbar Radio. I hope you enjoyed the Strange Fruit series. Hallelujah. Um, it has been very, very, uh, I'm very honored yet humbled to bring forth the teaching. It has been very pleasant to know that Yahuwah will bring all nations, um, those individuals from many nations, unto him through Yahusha HaMashiach. I say to one and say to all, Shalom and Shalom. And if you are keeping your Shabbat at sundown on today, and everybody is doing that, hallelujah, Shalom and Shabbat Shalom.